You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to MLB Extras, the Colorado Rockies edition. I am Allison Footer, and I am here for my weekly chat with Thomas Harding, which I always look forward to. And Thomas, um, you know, I want to start by talking about Nolan Arenado, uh, not because there's really anything new going on, but because now we're seeing spring training is very, very near. The position players are going to report uh, to Rocky spring training and Nolan Arenado is going to be the one that all the reporters are going to flock to because until his arbitration, his contract, whatever you want to call it is resolved. Uh, this is going to be an ongoing thing. So what kind of scene do you expect when you get, to, when you get there? Well, the first question will be, will this thing be settled before he gets there? As you know, the Rockies have only had four hearings in their entire history, which is what, they're heading into their 26th season, and only and they've only had four arbitration hearings. There is no um, thought that they're going to be one of these file and trial teams, meaning that if you um, if they file for arbitration, then they automatically go to trial. A couple of years ago, or I guess it was 2016, they had that with DJ LeMahieu. He settled on the morning of his hearing, which was right before pitchers and catchers reported, but he was already there. That's another thing about spring training with the Rockies is when the pitchers and catchers are there, usually the entire team is there because at some point, even in their minor league careers, they have um, moved to Scottsdale or bought a house in Scottsdale and they train there. So it may not be one of those things where he shows up just on the first day and then there's this big, big crowd around him no matter what happens. Now, here's the, here's the key for me is if they get the 2019 um, salary settled, whether it's through arbitration or not, can they work out a multi-year deal before the regular season starts? Because that's, that's really what I'm looking at here. If they can't work out a multi-year deal, before the regular season starts, the time is ticking. I mean, um, I doubt they're going to trade him because I think this team's going to be in the race, but it, you know, this could end up being his last year in a Colorado uniform. Yeah, it's um, until it's resolved and it's going to be continue to be a uh, great point of interest, not just for the people covering him, but also, of course, for the fans who want to know what's going on. Um, let's move on to another uh pitcher that Rockies fans are fond of, and that's Wade Davis. So he will um, assume the closer role as usual when he reports to spring training. And um, yeah, there, there's not a whole lot uh, different about him, except that, that maybe the expectations might be a little higher. What, what do you think the Rockies would like to see from Wade Davis? I know you talked to Bud Black about this recently. Yes. Um, I talked to Bud Black, also the pitching, I'm, I'm sorry, the bullpen coach, Darren Holmes about it. Interesting thing about Wade Davis. He set a club record, 43 saves last year, first year of that three year, um, 52 million deal. Uh, he did blow six saves. And the interesting thing about it is in the games that he pitched well, which was most of them, he was barely hit at all. In the games that um, he blew a save or didn't pitch well, a lot of bad things happen. So what happens is you look at his overall numbers, they don't look great, but this guy had a heck of a year. Now, what, what impresses me about Wade Davis is just the meticulousness of how he handles things. Um, he was a former starting pitcher. He has a lot of pitches in his arsenal, doesn't use them all, but has some things to go to when he struggles. Also, 
I watched him adjust to being at Coors Field. I remember when he when he was struggling. Um, he didn't say a lot about the specifics. But then when he got out of the struggle, he pointed out, hey, my fastball at this park cuts way more than I expected. And it took a while for me to learn that. Also, as the season went, um, and this is something that just amazes me that he could do. He sh- showed up really light. I mean, just a, he's a tall fellow, kind of a thin guy. He showed up really light. He actually put on 20 pounds during the season because he figured in this atmosphere, my energy is down. So he put on some weight. And then this offseason, he has actually picked up a little bit more because he feels like that's the best way to get through a season in Colorado. So this is a guy who's constantly um, making adjustments and finding different ways to do his job. And when something goes wrong, he doesn't complain about it. He just simply addresses it. Um, at the end of the season, the last game was the 6 nothing loss to the Brewers in the um, NLDS. It was it completed the three-game sweep. Well, Davis came in, gave up two runs. As everybody is packing and leaving and shaking hands and saying goodbye, I walk in to say um, goodbye to Bud Black, talk to him a little bit, and I could see into the film, into one of the rooms there where the coaches meet and there's film. Wade Davis is sitting there still in the um, long sleeve shirt they wore under his uniform, watching film, just saying, okay, I got to get to what went wrong here. And there was no game to play the next day. Yeah, it's interesting when you think about Wade Davis being a veteran guy, having played for other teams, um, because the Rockies, of course, um, have garnered a lot of attention over the past few years on developing their pitchers, being able to develop pitchers to be able to pitch in course field, be able to pitch in Denver. Um, and, and they've had great success with that. And I think that the stigma over time has always been, um, you know, pitchers that the outside of the organization trying to come in and conquer that thin air and and do what they need to do to be successful. So I would think that it would be a challenge for some of these guys. It sounds like Wade Davis is determined not to be that guy that's like, you know, comes in there and can't quite do what these kind of, you know, organizational young guys that have been developed in the system are able to do. Uh, Yeah. One of the keys, though, is that if you look at the history of this team, it's been a problem for starting pitchers. It has not been as much of a problem for relievers. I mean, you look at, um, at at guys that have done well. I remember Jose Jimenez going back that far, who had the previous save record. He came here from the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, Houston Street became a closer here after pitching with the Oakland A's. Latroy Hawkins, who pitched for, I think, um, what is it, uh, 10% of the teams who've ever lived? Uh, you know, he came here twice and did quite well. So you don't have as much of a problem with the relievers as you do with the starters. And a lot of it is because relievers use fewer pitches, so there are fewer pitches to go wrong here. But still, relievers have to make those adjustments, as we've seen in recent years with guys like Brian Shaw and Jake McGee, where they've struggled a bit here after pitching very well for other teams. So there, there does have to be an adjustment, but I think with fewer pitches and also just you're throwing fewer pitches in a game, there's less chance for exposure. So every week we've been talking about a different player, kind of spotlighting a, a player who um, who will be in camp, who is somebody that the fans are very familiar with, but, you know, still generates some interest in terms of what we might be looking for him in, in spring training. And let's just talk about Trevor's story. And you, uh, there's a there's a story up on the Rockies website. Uh, one of the major questions facing the Rockies is, will the real Trevor story Please stand up. Um, you know, what does that mean? And what are you looking for, for from him? Well, it, it is interesting with Trevor in that uh, he's a guy with power who tends to strike out. 
Um, but you don't want to cost yourself power by combating by combating strikeouts. So he spent his entire career kind of finding that balance there. He led the league in strikeouts with 191 in 2017. He dropped it to 168 last season. And think about this, okay? He hit 239 in 2017 while striking out 191 times. 168, that's a little bit of a drop. It's not a huge drop. But he ends up batting 291 with a 914 OPS. He also finished with 37 home runs. That was one off of the uh, league leading, leading pace of Nolan Arenado. So this is a guy that I actually believe is developing into a true star player. You watch him defensively, and certain plays he makes, they're plays that other guys can't because Trevor Story is a big fellow, tall fellow, um, really speedy guy also. He's one of the fastest players in the major leagues. His average sprint speed time always shows up on StatCast. So this is a guy I'm really big on. I mean, I, I do think that when you get really stat-oriented, you can overemphasize the strikeouts. I mean, let's face it, in today's game, people are going to strike out a lot. But the fact that he was able to put up a 348 on on-base percentage – that said, some that, that told me there was some growth there. As long as he can stay out of chasing those sliders out of the zone, two things with him. With two strikes, sometimes he'll chase a slider out of the zone, usually when he's not going well. But I think the thing that um, kind of leads to that, and I wrote about this going into last year, and he really corrected it. Early in counts, there will be a pitch that he should be able to crush, and he would foul it off. If he gets into that, that's when he sets himself up for the strikeouts. But if he's hitting those pitches earlier in the count that are in the zone, then quite a few of them go over the fence. And, of course, last year against the Giants, he hit the longest home run since StatCast has been uh, tracking home runs, the longest home run in the major leagues. I mean, it was even longer than the one that Giancarlo Stanton hit at Coors Field a couple years back. So this is a guy that could develop into a really outstanding player. He uh, got $5 million in arbitration this year, and the great thing about it for the Rockies is it's his first year. So there are at least a couple more years with him in the uniform before we're dealing with the situation with our, like we have with Arenado, where, gee, can they afford to keep him? Hey, Thomas, I'm curious. You've covered a lot of spring trainings. You've been covering baseball forever. You've been covering sports even longer. What is one of the things that you look forward to when spring training starts? I know it's a long process for reporters. It's uh, about 44 days and you get maybe a few days off here and there. But what do you what do you most look forward to when you're heading that way? I think the thing that's special about a baseball spring training is you walk in and because so much has gone on on so many different fields with different players and coaches and you have the access, you get to learn something about the game that you didn't get to learn. I mean, I, I remember many moons ago when I covered uh, the Oilers when they first moved to Tennessee and going to their training camp, you're kind of far away and football is one of those things where everything's a state secret. So you always feel like it's really hard to learn something about the game. But every year in spring training, you learn just a little bit more. I remember the, the Rockies have um, in their complex this half field where they do a lot of things with infielders, uh, whether it's ground balls or whatever. And just some of the creative drills that you'll see out there or some of the things that people are working on, um, I, I, I find it fascinating. Now, the, my best story about that, though, was a couple of years ago, um, I'm there and, you know, we'll shoot video on our cell phones and kind of post it or whatever. I'm shooting a drill. Then it hits me. Oh, my gosh. I'm not going to cost these guys a win, am I? And I actually called the third base coach over. I'm like, 
I was just shooting this thing with uh, pickoffs, and I'm not sure I should post that. He goes, well, actually, you just shot all of our signs. Please don't post it. You know, so, <laughs> but you do get that back and forth with people, whereas in, in uh, say, football, you would never know it because they run you out of there even before they start working on things. So yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Yeah, I remember years ago when I was uh, covering the Astros and Brad Mills, uh, he was doing the manager. He was doing some some uh, drills on the backfield. And all of a sudden he said to all the media, please turn the cameras off, put the tape recorders down. Because all of a sudden there was going to be, you know, some like top high level uh, secret stuff going on. Um, so it's kind of interesting. So, yes. Well, Thomas, we'll be talking before you go uh, heading toward Arizona. Um, but I look forward to talking to you next time. Thanks to everybody for listening to MLB Extras, the Colorado Rockies edition. Talk to you next time. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story. And one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data from Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware. Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.